listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with uh, JP, Kyrie, and Joel, we're here until midnight. That's when this Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Gordon. Larry, how we feeling, my man? You said it's the day before the draft. It may as well be the day before Christmas because with uh, no sports going on right now, I am fired up, even with the knowledge that my team is going to screw it up. But I'm still looking forward to the draft. Now, 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 Gordon, what can I do? What can I do to change your mind about nothing. the Miami Dolphins who I will are going tell you right to now, surprise nothing. you? Usually the Dolphins wait until the draft to – completely dashed my hopes this year there's so much now look it might just be buzz it might just be smoke it might just be rumors it might just be lies let's hope it's lies but some of the things that i've heard make me even more doubtful that they're going to get it right trading up to three to get an offensive tackle what what are you doing there's four guys oh my god why what did what did i do what did I? How did I offend the sports gods that I wound up with this awful, miserable organization to root for? Because are you not a Yankee fan? I am. Well, you know, I picked sorry. one. As <laughs> sorry, well Gordon. as I picked one, I picked another one even worse. Like I mean, as yo, good as the Yankees are, the Dolphins are that much worse. I mean, you got the gazillion championships, my friend. I you, did. you know, you, 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 you did pretty good for yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did pretty good for yourself. Did yeah, I? I must admit that when I saw that rumor, I shook my head too. But oh, then, my. but then I oh, felt my. better for you because you know, listen, um, Nick Saban says Tua, who is also rumored to be going your way mm-hmm. on on the Mel Kiper oh, mock draft, one I don't want. number five. Oh my god! Uh, he says he's he compared him to Drew Brees, right? Gordon, and he would know would you he's the guy up? that passed up Drew Brees and exactly. signed Dante Culpepper. <laughs> oh my god! So so, you'd sign up for Drew Brees again, wouldn't you? I would have signed up the first time. <laughs> I'm going to have a concussion tomorrow night uh, because of slapping myself in the forehead. <laughs> no, I don't want to, to wear do a that. helmet. I'm going to need to wear a helmet tomorrow night just to, um, <sighs> you know, you, you always hope that this time it's going to be different. Eventually, yes. it's got to work, right? No, I, I yes, I think so. Uh, Gordon, a broken clock is right twice a day. They're not even a broken clock, Larry. Oh, Gordon, Gordon. You know, like some people see the glass half full, half empty. I see the glass as completely empty. It's got a crack in it, and there's a little bit of residue at the bottom, and it's arsenic. So that's (laughs) the way I'm looking at the Dolphins tomorrow night. Hopefully I am am pleasantly surprised that they don't just completely screw it up. I I hope that as well. I hope that as well. well. Well, do you have faith in the later rounds? No, they can't. <laughs> they got three picks in the first round. They're going to screw up the later rounds. Oh my God. No, I'm just looking to, you know what? Have a philosophy that makes sense, right? Like they tanked, mm-hmm. they tore everything down. And look, I got on board with that because it would make sense. They weren't a very good team, right? Sh- strip away and then have, you know, whatever you want to call it, a tank, a reset, a reboot, whatever you want for two years. Make it clear that you know what we're gonna we're gonna look to stockpile as many picks as we can, realizing they're all not going to be superstars. But let's let's start to rebuild the team with a bevy of assets in draft picks. 
and do it the right way. And let's not worry about doing it quickly as much as doing it correctly, right? Like if it takes three years to strip it completely down and build it all the way back up, then they start winning meaningless games. If they had not won any of those meaningless games, they'd be sitting with the first pick overall, and they wouldn't be talking about trading any picks anywhere, and they'd still have the picks, and they'd have their quarterback number one overall. And now they're talking about trading picks to go up and get an offensive lineman. They're talking about taking Tua, who's clearly a medical risk at the most important position there is. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. You state your case well. I can't argue with you. Right. I, I mean, look. I give in. I give in. I give at up. least You're the right. Knicks have hired a strategist this week. Who would have thought that? The Knicks finally have somebody dealing with strategy. Then Maybe the Dolphins have to do the same thing. Maybe Hire so, but, but that's why they brought, but that's why they got Brian Flores. Flores is oh, their strategist. And, and listen, Gordon, you got, listen, admit it. He, he got better as the season went on. And I think he's going to be one of the few that might change what people are talking about with Belichick, of, of that Belichick tree. I saw some things with him later in the year, uh, that gave me, gave me some encouragement about him. I, I was down on him early because I was like, oh, okay, here he is, another one of the, the Belichick crew coming in, he comes in, players are like jettisoning, like, look, getting their agents. Get me out of here. I don't want to be right. here. Leave me alone. I'm gone. But then, as, as, as is always the case, right? What, what does, what does Rick DiPietro say? Winning is the best deodorant. All right. So they put some wins together, which unfortunately, from, from a fan standpoint, is the worst thing you can do. But from a player standpoint and a coaching standpoint, they're buying in. They're starting to get a little better. And so you see, I, I think he's got a chance to do some things there. I feel like the perception surrounding Brian Flores and the uh, the feeling that, you know what, this guy, he got it worked out as the season went along, things got better. That is all based on what the expectation was, and the expectation was they weren't going to win any games. So they won five, six games down the stretch, and everybody's like, well, look at this. That's kind of the same thing that happened to Todd Bowles with the Jets, that one mm-hmm. year where it looked like we were all having the conversation of whether or not the Jets are tanking, are they going to win a single game? And they went out and won five games that year. I think it was five games that year. And everybody's like, hey, you know what? The Jets actually could have won a couple other games that year. They're not that bad. The reboot is going to turn around quickly. And we're here a couple years later. And now Todd Bowles is not the coach anymore. And the rebuild has not exactly turned anything around as of yet. Yeah. But uh, Flores, Flores might be different. Flores right. might be different, you know, because Larry, at least he did this in this first year. I'm just trying to help. To I'm just trying to help you out. Ear, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're. I want to be wrong. Unfortunately, when it comes to the Dolphins, whatever your expectations are, in the words of Larry David, curb that enthusiasm and yeah. take it down a notch, and you'll probably be right. Yeah, you're right. I hear you. I hear you. Rich Samini will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on what the Jets are going to do. Uh, and and it was so funny, uh, Gordon. Hearing about Leonard Williams in the Giants, that he signs signs a franchise tender, okay, and of course it's going to be he wants it to be as a defensive end, obviously. It's about a million dollars sure. more than if it's yeah. a defensive tackle. Although he played mostly D, D tackle and nose tackle with the Giants last year, and he could go to arbitration. Are, really? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what the Giants saw in him and thought they could do. When you look back on Dave Gettleman's move so far, and I've said that I think that tomorrow night will be by far his most popular move to date. Mm-hmm. Even more so, you know, like the, the Saquon move was very polarizing. Daniel Jones last year was roundly mocked at the time. 
yeah. including, I guess, somewhat by me, but not nearly as much. as I mean, there were people, broadcasters, on the air laughing out loud at the selection of Daniel Jones, who didn't look like he was much of a joke when he played. Mm-hmm. So I think that tomorrow night will be by far his most widely praised first-round pick, even if they if they stay at four, if they move down, because it's clear what they have to do, need uh, matches up with best player available. They need a tackle. The best player available, at least at four, wouldn't likely be a tackle in terms of value. So I think that uh, that one he is going to get right. But when you go through all the moves, there's not going to be more puzzling a move that he makes, I don't care how long he's here, than the Leonard Williams move. That one yeah. made no sense at the time. None. Makes no sense now, and it looks even worse, considering the one thing that Dave Gettleman, if you had to give him the best grade in one category, it would be in the draft. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he he took away a draft pick from himself, and that's been the thing that he's probably done best, mainly because he hasn't done other things that well, but <laughs> he's done that okay. Yeah, he really has. He really has. But this one, I, I you know, I was it trying to figure sense. out, and, and I understand, Gordon, that, that there's always somebody who thinks I can do, I can, I can fix him. I get it. They have, in all sports. Oh, I can fix him. I know what's, I can fix him. Victor Zambrano. <laughs> fix right. him in five minutes. <laughs> Sure, easily done. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of baseball, Gordon, the Red Sox, we finally found out what's going to happen to them. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. All this time we were waiting. Oh, we got to do our due diligence on what's going on with Boston. Oh, we got to see we're not just going to make, oh, we're still investigating people. Gordon, it took, it took you, it took you this time to tell me that the video replay systems operator was suspended without pay for 2020. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Come and on. It really shouldn't be. It shouldn't Stop be. It. it shouldn't be. It should not be because after the punishment handed down to the Astros, which was, as as lax as it could be, no players, the uh, GM and the uh, manager gone for one year. Where who knows, might not even have a year, mm. and those guys are are good to go. Come right on back. I guess I shouldn't, and I really didn't have my hopes up for much on the Red Sox, but I've heard it to be described as a slap on the wrist. Is it even a slap on the wrist? It's nothing. It's nothing. It's 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 it would be like in Deflategate if the NFL said no. You know what? Belichick and Brady had nothing to do with it. It was all those guys deflating the football, and nobody's going to be punished at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's outrageous. And what it tells you is, well, look, I think that Rob Manfred gets unfairly criticized sometimes. Any criticism that he receives on this one is fully on him. He set out a precedent when the Red Sox got caught cheating the first time. And he said, okay, here's the punishment now. But if you ever do it again, we're really going to drop the hammer. Well, the, the, the Astros, they didn't do it a second time, but they did it a first time. And they got their punishment, which no one, I think, thinks is, uh, is, is, is fair. And then the Red Sox got caught a second time. And all it tells me is when baseball gets up and running, Brian Cashman should be working every avenue he can to cheat. Mm. 
Yeah. Why? I mean, what's the punishment? Some guy, some off front office guy loses his job for a year or two. That's the punishment and a second round pick. Oh my good golly. <laughs> and, and let's look at this for a second, Gordon. Okay. Logically. Okay. Logically. The manager here. All right. Alex Cora. Right. I mean, it's, was the it, same guy in Houston. Right. Gordon, you could make a case that if Houston doesn't do what Houston did, he wouldn't have gotten higher than Boston. It may, logically. I, logically, because what? What do teams do? Well, we're, we're going to rob from the staff of the winning team, the one that won the championship. We want to find out. We want the intricacies. We want to know what they did. Well, he knows. <laughs> he knows what they did. All right? So you bring him here. All right? So he's in Boston. So – Gordon, why wouldn't he try to do the same thing that worked in Houston? And apparently he did. But now you're telling me he didn't know about it? Gordon, the players didn't know? So where did they think they were getting these signs for? Where did they think they were getting these signs to, to what's a fastball and what's a curveball and the one? Where did they think? Fell out of the air? Got, you know who got punished the most out of all this? Carlos Beltran. I know. You're Carlos right. Beltran will probably never get another job. Everybody else, right back in. Yeah. Crazy. I, I mean, Cora could, Cora could, Cora could be, Cora could get back to the Red Sox. I, I fully expect it. Why I wouldn't mean, he? I, fu- I fully expect it when, if there is no season this year, when, hopefully, God, I mean, who knows, all right? Uh, but there is a season <laughs> next year when he is eligible to be brought back by the Red Sox. He will be brought back by the Red Sox. There's no question in my mind. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. And and the poor video replay system operator, what's his name, JT right, Watkins, that guy, right. <laughs> suspended without pay right. through the 2020 postseason, stripped and stripped the team of a second round pick this year. Sure, okay. That poor guy was like Pesci and Goodfellas when he thought he was getting me. Oh, what? What me? He's the only guy. He's the only guy, and like so. And, and so, Gordon, help me, help me, help me through this. So, what did he do? Did he go to the players indirectly? Because obviously, management doesn't know a thing. General manager doesn't know. Coach manager doesn't know. So, what did he it's say? Laughable. Hey, hey, come here, come here. I know how to get the signs, but don't tell anybody. I'll just help you. Stop it. It's, Stop. it's laughable. It's absolutely. Now, I'm. I and what I'd like to know is, why did Alex Cora get fired? Yeah, exactly. Why he didn't what know was anything. he fired for? He didn't know anything. That's what it says. Right. He got fought. He got, he got the punishment for him is not for his time with the Red Sox. Right. It's from his time with the Astros. Exactly. So why did he get fired by the Red Sox? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. It, it makes, Doesn't. like, as soon as you scratch the surface, of, even before you scratch the surface, it makes no sense. But as soon as you start to pick away at it at all, it's like, what the hell, what the hell are you talking about? It, it, it's, it's, I tell you, and look, I understand about the players because in a sense, the players got to play along. They, they would not have found out as much stuff. So they had to give the players some kind of deal, immunity, whatever. So I get that. I understand. But Gordon, here's my concern. And you brought it up going forward. I never want to hear anything about cheating again. Uh, go, go cheat whatever way you want to cheat. I don't want to hear about it ever again. Everybody should be cheating all the time. There's no penalty. None. And for you to find out what's going on, you're going to have to continue to give 
immunity to the players to find out what happened. So you will never be able to find the players. You will never be able to suspend the players. And think about it. Baseball came out, Larry, and said, don't do this again. That's if right. You do this again. So what? you're a father, Larry. I'm a father. Your kid breaks some rule. Mm-hmm. And you tell them, all right, look, I'll give you a pass this time, but don't ever do it again. And then basically as soon as they can do it again, they do it again. You have no credibility whatsoever if you don't bring down the hammer. Got to do and baseball didn't do it with the Astros and clearly didn't do it with the Red Sox. Well, here's what we know, Gordon. Here's our takeaway. If you're a video replay operator, boy, you're in trouble. Right. If, the, if, you're, if, if teams cheat on your watch, you're done. It's over for you. That's what we know. Right. So we well, each team should just start a pipeline of guys who can do that job so that when one guy loses it and, and gets discovered at some point and loses his job for a year, well, you have somebody, a minor leagues for video replay people. You know, you have somebody down at AAA who's working and hoping to get his chance. Yep. Somebody down at AA, somebody down. I mean, what it tells you is, is that baseball does not care about cheating whatsoever. No. It's all lip service. No. It's, you know what it is, Gordon? It's gamesmanship. It's what callers were telling us when this first happened with Houston. I know you got them on your show. I said, oh, baseball's been doing this forever. People have been stealing signs forever. It's gamesmanship. It's part of the game. Okay, so you're telling me that back in the day, they were banging cans at at Yankee Stadium so Babe Ruth knew it was a fastball in the curve. Yep. That's what you're telling me. It's always happened. There's always, there's something about this grand old sport of baseball that it le- because it's so difficult, Gordon, you know, because it, you're asking somebody to hit a round ball with a round bat and, and it's difficult. And I'm not saying it's an easy sport. Okay. Clearly three out of 10 times, if, if you succeed, you go to the hall of fame. So that, 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 that tells you how tough it is, but you're telling me that the shortcuts are just okay, so we never have to worry about it. It's 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 part of the game. Okay, I'll, I'll Look, play along. I don't think along. that what the Red Sox did clearly was as bad as what the Astros did. It the Astros not. took it to another level. But what the Red Sox had going against them, at least I thought, was that baseball, the same commit. It was not like some commissioner three commissioners ago. The same guy said, if you do anything like this again, we're going to really drop the hammer. If this is the hammer being dropped, well, then by all means, go do it again. Drop the hammer. Bring it on. I'd love to have the hammer dropped on me like this. A second round pick and some video guy. (laughs) And in exchange for a World Series championship. Right. Right. And I like how they're saying, well, you know what? The system wasn't really all that effective in the playoffs. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, but you got it, though. Right. You know, (laughs) attempted murder is still a crime. Yep. It's right. It is. It it's is. not like, oh, you attempted it, but you failed. Ah, get out of here. Go <laughs> right. think about it. You know. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't kill him, so, you know, right. you're yeah, off. So, no harm, no foul. <laughs> you are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. You know, we've been telling you over the past couple of weeks, if you have a small business trying to get the word out, that you're still serving the community to let us know. And over 350 local businesses have done that. 
and we're getting more and more messages. So if you haven't done it, take the opportunity to send an email to 987ESPN at gmail.com. Let us know your story. We can pass the word along to our listeners. Again, that's 987ESPN at gmail.com. Like our friends over at uh, Jose's Edible Arrangements in the Bronx. They bring fresh fruit to the doors of their customers, including the ones that can't leave their homes and have no one to bring it to them. They're located at 2021 Williamsbridge Road. That's in the Bronx, New York. Their phone number, 718-823-4646. They're open for curbside pickup and delivery Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's Jose's Edible Arrangements in the Bronx. Gordon, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? How are you tonight? Buddha, what's up, man? All right. Listen, um, Giants fans, like you said, um, you want to talk about the titles. I mean, good God, you got two Super Bowls now oh. in the last 20 years. If... um. If, if Douglas was to get you a Barkley, a Hernandez, a Daniel Jones, a Dexter Lawrence, and a Darius Slate in his first two years here, the Jets would, would put a monument above him. You know, the Gettleman might in the ring be annoying. Arm. Yeah, Gettleman might be annoying with his with his accent, but he's not half as bad as he's been made out to be. You know what I mean? I, seriously. Um, but when you were talking, and he's not been meaning, nearly as bad as some GMs in this town. Yeah, tell me about it. Multiple. You know. <laughs> <laughs> got a long list. Yeah, you know, um, but listening to Samini when he was talking, um, came away a little depressed, man, to be honest with you, man. Sounds like we're on another three-year rebuild again. Um, it, 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 you know, I, I believe, you know, it. They, honestly, I really think, gut feeling, and by listening, I know that um, Samini's the Jets beat guy, but, you know, Chef is usually not wrong. I got that feeling they're going to trade Adams, man, at tomorrow. I have that feeling. Well, um, in fairness, be better Schefter for him. did you know say I mean? that a week ago. I mean, I think that was like five days ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that was just his read on the situation at that time. Obviously, nobody's more plugged in than Adam. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that there is a beat guy in this town who has been on the beat longer than Rich has been with the Jets. Maybe there is, but uh, there's not many. Seems a little too quiet, though, to be honest with you. I don't know. You, you um, might be right. You might be right. You know, I hate to think negatively, man, but, you know, I'm a Jets fan. I just got to keep it real. Um well, you Buddha, know, just keep, in mind, again. keep in mind, Buddha, mm-hmm. it's a little different this time because you got the virtual stuff. So it's it's not your normal, you know, the the normal way that you would normally hear the conversations and stuff coming up to the draft. I think it's even you're right. It's quieter more than it's been in the past, but I think that's got something to do with it. But listening to him talk, didn't you get the feeling like it was going to be another year of of Le'Veon Bell not really being used the right way? Um, like, I don't understand, like, how, you know, the, the, the quarterback, we always talk about how he's got this potential and we want to see, I mean, like, how many rebuilds can this guy go through, man, you know, in, in a young career? I mean, does, is Adam Gates going to survive if they go 5-11? Probably not, right? You know? Um, I just don't understand, like, but with the talent that they have, how are they going to be better than 5-11? and 11? You know, well, Adam Gates is not the kind of guy that... If they go 5-11, no, but the you know? quarterback plays really well... He will survive. Now, if they go six and ten, and the quarterback looks like a mess, uh, I think that's more. Da- I think it's all about the quarterback. That's what all Jet fans care about: is the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. And I think that that's all ownership cares about. And that's why Gase got the job, right? I mean, he got the job because he's supposed to be the expert on quarterbacks. So yeah, I think he's going to survive five and eleven. But the quarterback has to play really well. Are you confident in him, though? 
be honest. Like, just your gut feeling. And Adam Gates, are you, are you confident no. in that he's going to make Sam Donald a better player? Well, what does your no. gut feeling tell you? No. I think, I think Donald's a good player. I worry about the consistency because I've not really seen any of that. Now, he's had a very unique situation these first two years. But uh, I don't have a hot. I don't. I, I'm not a huge Gase fan. I didn't think it was the worst hire in the world. But when the first year, all of his worst characteristics, pay, passing off all the blame on everybody else, putting people in doghouses in terms of players that don't necessarily belong there, uh, all his worst characteristics that I saw in Miami, he exhibited them with the Jets. So that's why I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence. When he was a young coach, he had veteran quarterbacks. Now it's about him being the person yeah. who teaches. And I, it just, I mean, I, 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 I don't really root against him. You know, he's coaching my team. I want him to be all yeah, right. Of course. But, of course. but you know, deep down inside, I just don't see it. You know? I don't know. Take care, guys. All right, Blue. Thanks for checking in. Uh, Sam's in Flatbush. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Uncle? What's up, Sam? Before I get to my Red Sox point and my draft point, I have to say, well, thank God what starts in Vegas stays in Vegas, no? Because <laughs> that's such a pump idea. And hey, Gordon. Yeah. I heard that NFL taking advice from the Dolphins. Well, how's that? They're going to shut everything how to, down. How to play? How to play an empty? How to play without fans in the stadium? Yeah. No, no. They, you know, they don't draw that terribly, considering they've been terrible for twenty years. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Anyways, I, I, I think with the draft, I always was thinking that you, I was wanting, I really wanted the Jets to take a receiver, but then I realized that you think about it, with good offensive linemen, bad receivers in the league get open more in three seconds than good receivers get in short amounts of time. Bad receivers will get open faster with more time, um, better with more time than good receivers get open with less time. Well, you know what that says, Sam? And, and thanks for checking in, my friend. Here's what it says. It says that Gordon, Sam, you need to adjust your routes. <laughs> you can't expect that your quarterback, you can't run a 20 to 25 yard route, Gordon, when you're, when you know you don't have a good offensive line. You need to catch and go. And that's why you need to use, spread your receivers out, try to get some slant plays, some other plays like that, Gordon, to be successful for your quarterback or roll him out, do some other things, you know, to have him buy some time to get his, to get his receivers downfield. But, you know, that was an inconsistent thing that the Jets had last season. I think that your focus on what position they go first round depends largely for most people on where they think the Jets are in this process. I'm of the belief that they're still very much rebuilding. Like, despite mm-hmm. the moves that they've made on the offensive line, they still have a lot of work to do to rebuild that line. They're short receivers. The running game is not what you would expect, even with the big signing last year. I look at the Jets as being still very much smack dab in the middle of a rebuild. Where And that's why I think offensive line makes more sense, even though I've kind of been swayed a little bit. But for the people who think that the Jets are not that far away – they are much more of the belief, well, I want the splashy thing because that's going to make, that's going to take Sam to the next level. And if Sam goes to the next level next year, well, then we're talking about a team that might be able to win eight, nine games. It's about Gordon, a team that has not seen the postseason since 2010 and, and a fan base that really wants to, Gordon, they want to have meaningful games in December. Even if they don't make the playoffs, they want to have meaningful games in December, and they haven't had that since Todd Bowles' first year here where they could have got to the playoffs, but they lose in Buffalo in Week 16. 
So, so that's what you're hearing in the fan base of that. You know, listen, we, we, we felt like something was rolling. We, we had back to back AFC championships. Something was there. And now they've had nothing. They've nothing even close to a playoff run uh, other than the, 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 the Todd Bowles first year here. So that's, that's what you're hearing from a lot of the fan base. And they're kind of in between, right? They, they, they look like they're making some strides towards it, but yet they, they still got so many other, uh, so many other positions that they need depth for. And that's why they brought in Joe Douglas and gave him six years, Gordon, <laughs> six yeah. years. So they understand where they are. They do. I think it also really speaks to how poorly they put the team together last year. Yeah. Like you went into last year thinking, all right, we got another premium pick. We got all this money to spend. And now you come into, you know, you have a down year last year that was pretty much over from the moment that it started. And then Sam with the mono and now you come into this offseason, and it doesn't really feel like you would have thought last year at this time that you would have been a lot closer to the playoffs than it feels like for me and you. So yeah. I, I don't know. I still think that they're a ways away, and if one of those offensive linemen that they like is still on the board, that's where the better value is. But I can understand – I can kind of understand and be swayed a little bit, right? The fourth offensive lineman, is he going to be the best of the group, or would you be better taking the first – it's almost like Gettleman, right? He has the yeah. first pick of the offensive lineman. It's why you have a little bit more confidence in him getting it right. Maybe I feel that same way with the Jets if they take the first of the wide receivers off the board. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.